views, opinions, and findings contained in this podcast are those of the host and subject matter experts. They should not be construed as official Department of Defense positions, policies, or decisions unless designated by other official documentation. Hi, welcome to Clinical Updates in Brain Injury Science Today, or CUBIST, a podcast for healthcare providers about current research on traumatic brain injury, also known as TBI. This program is produced by the Traumatic Brain Injury Center of Excellence, or TBI-COE. I'm your host today, Don Marion. Today, I'll be speaking with Amanda Ganeau. Ms. Ganeau is a physician assistant and TBI subject matter expert at TBI-COE. Amanda and I will discuss a study entitled Blast Mild Traumatic Brain Injury is Associated with Increased Myopia and Chronic Convergence Insufficiency. This article was written by Francesca C. Fortenbau and colleagues and published in Vision Research in May of 2021. Hi, Amanda, and thanks for bringing this article to our attention. Could you tell us a little bit about the study? Hi, Don. Sure. So this study examined the impact of blast-related mild traumatic brain injury on visual disturbances, particularly refractive error and myopia. Visual disturbances are, you know, quite common after TBI and particularly prevalent are convergence disorders, accommodative insufficiency, and binocular vision disorders. There are also several studies that have examined the effects of blast-related mild TBI on eye movement deficits, vergence dysfunction, and accommodative deficiency. However, there's not really been any studies that look specifically at whether there's an association with refractive error or myopic shift after blast-related mild TBI. So just for our listeners, a refractive error or myopic shift would be an increase in the degree of nearsightedness as a result of the change in eye shape. So this study aimed to examine whether there was an association between blast-related mild TBI and this type of visual dysfunction in a veteran cohort. Interesting, Amanda. And, and, you know, this is really a very timely article because uh, TBI-COE is in the middle of revising the clinical recommendation on dizziness and visual disturbances for the primary care providers. Isn't that correct? Yeah, Don. TBI-COE is currently updating the dizziness and visual disturbance following mild TBI clinical recommendation, which is a guide to help primary care providers evaluate and manage dizziness and visual complaints that may occur in patients that have sustained a concussion. So this newly updated clinical recommendation should be released in late 2021. So yeah, this is a very timely article. Thanks, Amanda. So can you tell us a little bit about how the study was done? So this was a cross-sectional study with 31 participants that were recruited from the Translational Research Center for Traumatic Brain Injury and Stress Disorder, or TRACTS, Longitudinal Cohort Study, which includes post-9-11 veterans recruited primarily from the greater Boston metropolitan area. So the majority of these patients, 29 of the 31, were male, and they were aged 26 to 63 with a mean age of 37. The general exclusion criteria for the TRACS cohort includes prior seizure disorders, cognitive disorders due to general medical conditions, and neurological illness unrelated to TBI. They also exclude active suicidal and or homicidal ideation requiring intervention or a diagnosis of bipolar disorder or psychotic disorder unrelated to PTSD. And then for this current study, participants were additionally excluded if they had a history of retinal or ocular disease, open globe injuries due to trauma, or a history of moderate or severe TBI. All participants completed the Neurobehavioral Symptom Inventory, or NSI, and the Boston Assessment of TBI Lifetime, or BAT-L, to assess symptoms, TBI status, and blast exposure status. 
They were then categorized into a blast-related mild TBI positive group and a blast-related mild TBI negative group, which included patients with either no history of mTBI or a positive history of mTBI due to blunt force trauma. An optometrist who was blinded to the BLAST-positive or BLAST-negative condition conducted a visual assessment on all participants that included measurements of visual acuity, refractive error, oculomotor function, accommodation, binocular visual function, and undilated ocular health. Group-level statistics were calculated to test for differences in demographics and visual function assessments across participants with and without a history of BLAST-related mild TBI. So, Amanda, just to be clear, um, there were several conditions they considered, uh, BLAST with and without mild TBI, military and lifetime mild TBIs, the total number of mild TBIs, and any association with PTSD. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. So, So what did they find, Amanda? So within the BLAST mild TBI positive group, seven, so 47% of participants also had a history of at least one non-BLAST related mild TBI during their lifetime. Within the BLAST mild TBI negative group, three, so 21% of participants had a history of non-BLAST mild TBI during their military service, and six, or 43% of participants had at least one non-BLAST mild TBI during their lifetime. Across the 23 participants that had at least one lifetime mild TBI, blast or blunt force trauma, the average time since their last mild TBI was about 8.1 years. So these were not acute TBIs. The BLAST mild TBI positive group showed greater levels of combat experience, more lifetime non-BLAST mild TBIs, and a trend toward more severe current PTSD symptoms. Overall, the BLAST mild TBI positive group did not endorse more severe TBI neurobehavioral symptoms on the composite score of the NSI questionnaire or the specific domain of photosensitivity. However, the BLAST mild TBI positive group did endorse more severe symptoms of blurry vision or trouble seeing in the last two weeks. There was no difference observed between the two groups for eye movements, ocular alignment, or accommodation. A greater proportion of the BLAST mild TBI positive group showed deficits on near point convergence, while no difference was seen in positive fusional vergence measures. Results of the generalized linear models showed that BLAST mild TBI was associated with significantly higher odds of myopic classification. So I noticed, Amanda, that you had said that the BLAST TBI positive group showed greater levels of combat experience, more lifetime non-BLAST MTBIs, trend toward more severe PTSD symptoms. So I assume that uh, none of those findings turned out to be statistically significant as a cause for the visual problems. Is that correct? That's correct, Don. Yeah, okay. So uh, conversions was significantly worse than the MTBI positive subjects. It's um, good to know that near point convergence is now routinely measured as part of the MACE 2. So, Amanda, what were the limitations of this study? You know, this sample size was extremely small, so only 31 participants, and it was a cross-sectional sample. So we're really limited in how much we can understand how changes in visual acuity evolve over time after MTBI. A longitudinal study on visual function and mild TBI would be better to assess long-term impacts. Additionally, this group wasn't really able to control for comorbidities such as PTSD due to the small sample size, and PTSD has been shown in previous studies to contribute to overall functional disabilities. Also, PTSD and mild TBI has been previously associated with higher subjective reports of visual symptoms than mild TBI alone. 
So as I mentioned before, within the BLAST mild TBI negative group, three participants had a history of non-BLAST mild TBI during their military service, and six participants had at least one non-BLAST TBI during their lifetime. So I think we could better correlate BLAST-related visual disturbances if a comparison group with no TBI at all were included. And finally, Don, with many of these studies with veteran cohorts, women were not really represented, so the correlation can't really be generalized across genders. In fact, uh, Don, the mild TBI positive group didn't have any female participants at all. Yeah, that's a common problem that we uh, see for these epidemiologic studies, I guess. So finally, Amanda, what would you say the key takeaways are from this study? So the key takeaway here is for providers to be aware of visual disturbances that commonly occur after mild TBI, and in particular, um, blast-related mild TBI, and just really ensure that a comprehensive visual and sensory motor examination is conducted, preferably by an eye care provider if a patient has visual complaints. So primary care providers can also be on the lookout for TBI-COE's latest clinical recommendation on the management of dizziness and visual disturbances later this year. The visual disturbances after mild TBI clinical recommendation can also be found at health.mil slash TBICOE under provider resources or in the link to this episode. Thanks, Amanda. So that's all we have time for today. Uh, you can stay up to date on future episodes by subscribing to Cubist on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts, where you can also find links to the articles we discussed and other relevant resources. Cubist is produced and edited by Vinnie White and was hosted today by me, Don Marion. It is a product of the Traumatic Brain Injury Center of Excellence, a division of the Research and Development Directorate, J9, of the Defense Health Agency, led by Division Chief Captain Scott Coda, Medical Corps, United States Navy. Thank you for listening to this episode.